today on Talking Hockey, we're going to talk about the Winnipeg Jets. Is it too late for a heater? We ran the numbers and we're going to compare Neil Pionk and Jacob Truba. It's the golden goal anniversary, 10 years on. I remember where I was. Do you? And Tom's going to put some pants on and I'm going to ask him, what do you do with a legend? All right. Well, let's, uh, let's just get into it. Here's Lemieux. The center penalty coming up. Look at Lemieux. Hockey fans, you are tuned in to Talkin' Hockey, the Hockey Talkin' Show. It's co-host Tom here. I'm with co-host Randy. Yo, yo. We are uh, all tuned up here, ready to go for season two, episode 18. The Brian Little episode. Yeah, poor old Brian Little. Rest in peace. <laughs> I mean, well, yeah. until next hockey season. Hockey <laughs> career-wise this year, for sure. Um We've got a pretty sweet show for you on the go today. Uh, as you might have heard off the top, we're going to reflect on the golden goal. You heard the magic the magic mouth of Chris Cuthbert, I think, was making yep. the call there. The, C squared. The golden goal. And he also did the taser from Taves. That was yep. the, during the Olympics as well. 2010 Olympics in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Uh, won by Team Canada, uh, as you might remember. Um, what, what else are we going to talk about today, Randy? We're going to talk about... Uh, well, you know, over the weekend, I had some spare time and I had a bunch of spreadsheets out yeah. on the kitchen table and it was a bunch of stats, uh, you know, with Neil Pionk and mm-hmm. Jacob Truba. Yeah. So I ran the numbers. Uh, the intern came over. Nice. Uh, he didn't do anything. He just played with my cat the whole time unfortunately we have to let him go so we're looking for a new intern (laughs) yeah well i mean it is mr mo is a pretty adorable little cat yeah well um but hey when you're an intern you got to be on the game and strictly business you got to get pucks deep when there's numbers to be crunched yeah so we'll talk about that um i guess maybe we'll go over a little bit of the e-bug yeah, because um, there was a little resolution to that uh, as uh, we talked about it last week. And, and then, of course, today today being Monday, f- March 2nd. Yes. Yeah. Uh, welcome to March. In like a lion today. Yeah, like a lion, and yesterday too. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, so hopefully she goes out like a lamb and by the end of March we're wearing shorts. I doubt it, but maybe possibly, possibly. <laughs> yeah. um, actually, and also we have a wicked song to end the episode with today yeah, yeah. and it kind of ties in with the theme that we've got going on in the yeah. third period, yeah. but let's just throw it out there. Like if anyone's listening, are you guys digging the song at the end? Right. Yeah. We've been, we've been, uh, trying to select 
songs with any sort of hockey theme or relevance to them. So we've we've done pretty well so far. Like you wouldn't off the top of your head you'd be like, well there's like two songs about hockey, but it turns out there's there's a couple there's more a than yeah. two. Yeah. So if you are listening out there and we have not played a hockey song, yeah, if you uh, got a request or anything. Get get her in on the digital mailbag. Yeah. Yeah, send us a message. Um, you can email us talkinghockeypod at gmail.com. You can hit us up on Instagram at talkinghockeypodcast. And we're on Twitter too, talkinghockeypod. And, uh, you know, or just stop us on the street and say, hey, boys, love the show. Uh, how about you play this here song that I've got in mind? And here's a 12 pack of beer for you. Oh, wouldn't that be clutch? <laughs> Yeah. Speaking of beer, Randy, I've got one in my hand. I'm just dying to crack here. It's called Lousy Beatnik from the brewery known as Barnhammer over there on Wall Street. Um, That's so right. Lousy Beatnik is an amber lager, a uh, nice five percenter, and um, it's crisp, floral, and approachable. Um, and it, it is. It's qu- I, I, I've had it, you know, obviously before, and... It's one of my favorites that uh, Barnhammer does produce. It's one of their sort of core pours, if you will. I don't know if they call them that, but I just did. So, um, but they're they're always it's always on tap. It's always in a can. You can always find it. I do not think I've had this before. Get out. So this will be well. Whenever I go there, I always go for the uh, lumberjack. Okay. Yeah. yeah. You need your uh, <laughs> I double go, IPA. I kind of go for it. You know, when yeah. it went in Rome. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I just go for it. So, um, I, I like the bitter that they have on tap there. Uh, it was called Black Sparrow or something like oh, that, yeah. maybe. And it might have actually only been a seasonal, but it's been a while, I guess, since I've been there, but. I do love Barnhammer. It's yeah. a it, good, great beer, good place to go. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of like not as convenient as some of the other places. So yeah. I don't get there that much. Yeah. But uh, I think I'm due for a visit. Yeah. And they've got nice um, <clears throat> aesthetic, I guess, like all their cans. Yeah. Have design. Sort of the real... design is very minimalist. Yeah. Also, if you go to Barnhammer, just down the street is Wall Street Pizza. I for a, like a very solid I've heard piece, good things a pizza yeah. for the boys but like all the all the breweries uh the tap rooms I should say it's um you can like bring your own food or whatever correct so you could get some wall street pizza take her to the wall street brewery boom and uh, you're having a wall street good time <laughs> check the stocks <laughs> and everything else uh well let's crack these and have a little sippy poo and just see what we think here Yeah, it's a nice aroma coming off the nose of the, I don't know. Oh yeah. I'm trying to talk beer over here, but yeah, that's a good one. I like it. I dig it. Yeah. <clears throat> we were saying, uh, so a last lager. week, it's a lager. Yeah, yeah. Last week we had, um, we had Pilsner. Correct. On, the, yeah. the, the one time we've not had a local craft brew. Um, but, uh, uh, a listener Carter in, in East St. Paul was saying how it's pretty fun. Our beer reviews are pretty funny. Cause it's like every single beer. We're just like, Oh yeah, that's good. <laughs> never. Ha, have we had a bad one? I don't think so. I mean, never, have we, oh, like, um, never really met a beer. I didn't like, there's been some that we've had that I liked less than others. Right. But I think at the end of the day, I'm still like, yeah, it's pretty good. Well, also for those of you out there in radio podcast land, 
send us some uh, DMs about which beers we should be drinking because sometimes we go to the store and we're like, uh, I don't know what to get. Yeah. Well, there's yeah, there's always new ones coming out too is the thing. So to, to go back and do some of the staples, if you will, you know what I mean? Like I'm sure we, we missed some of the main ones. Oh, for like, sure. For have sure. we had St. James Pale Ale on here yet mm, from Half Pints? I don't know. I don't even think so. I don't think so. Yeah. Like there's, yeah, exactly. There's ones like that that are like staples, mainstays. And then we get caught up in the new releases. Oh, the the and bright lights and yeah, the, yeah. the big city. <laughs> That's right. So anyway, let's jump Tasty. right into the first period here, Randy. We got some hockey to talk about. And uh, the first thing I'd like to talk about is um, <clears throat> your Winnipeg Jets and... Uh, just kind of how they've been floundering. I mean, this is nothing new. They've kind of been floundering all season, but they've really, in the last five, they're one win, three losses, one OTL, uh, or sorry, SOL. Um, in their last 10, they are four, five, and one. Is that is that correct? Yeah, four, five, and one in their last 10 games. <clears throat> they've got 10, uh, 15 games to go. Their record right now is 33, 28, and 6. They're sitting one point out of a uh, wild card spot in the West. Um, they basically need to go 15 and 5 down the stretch here. 10 at, and 5. At least. Sorry, 10 and 5. Yeah. yeah. I, at, I, least, at minimum. At least. Yeah, yeah. So let's just do a quick little review of the past few days. So yeah. they they played Washington back-to-back. Yeah. Uh, we, you know, we talked about that last, uh, the, uh, the overtime or shootout, shootout, shootout. Uh, they yeah. lost in a shootout. Yes. So they, they come back and steal a point, uh, in Washington yep. after coming back from the three, three, nothing, uh, deficit. Yep. They beat Washington at home. Yep. Shut out. And so like, that's the, one of the best teams in the Eastern conference and yep. they get three out of four points. Promising. So it's like, Oh, look, the boys are rolling. And then... Uh, what do we have after that? Edmonton? What else have we had in there? I think it was just the Edmonton game after that. Okay. Well, to me, the Edmonton game seemed, even though they played good, Yeah. it's like... This isn't the time of year to be taking moral victories, if yeah. you will. It's like, yeah, we're happy with our game or whatever. It's like, well, you didn't even get one point. I think Blake Wheeler said as much in his post-game comments. Um, you know, to paraphrase, he basically kind of said, you know, that's all fine and dandy, but at this time of year, we just need two points. Yeah. Or, or at least one. Yeah. Um, it's, you know, like when, when you're playing say Nashville, you can't, you can't have a split there. You got to make sure you're just getting two or whatever. But, um, yeah, it's like, it just seems to be like a, the, the theme of the season where, the Jets, you know, right out of the All-Star break, they beat St. Louis. And you're like, oh, like, are the boys heating up here? And then all of a it sudden... It looked like they were starting They to just, eat. like, lay a big turd on the middle yeah. of Portage Avenue for a, a few days. And then it's like, <laughs> oh, they're back again, you know? And yeah. it just it just seems to be there. And I guess you could maybe attribute it to the uh, injuries and everything else that's gone on. But it just, like, the consistency has... For sure. ...has not been there. And I don't know, like... Do you really want to limp into the playoffs? I guess you do want to make the playoffs just to make the extra money and everyone's well, got a, a shot. From a business point of view, for sure, the teams are like, you know, that's that's a couple more home games they get revenue on and all the rest of it. But, I, you know, I, 
it's been done before that the eighth seed kind of you get in, you get a hot goalie, and Connor Hallbuck has been good this year. So I mean, he's been good. That's an understatement. He's been great this year. Um, he's the team MVP. He's the only reason that the Jets are yeah. even in the playoff picture, if you can call being on the outside of the playoffs well, in they, the picture. Yeah. They're still well. They're tied. They're close. With the they're close. Yeah, <clears throat> and. You know, their next handful of games is all against teams that they're either in the hunt with or teams that they should, you know, theoretically beat. They have Buffalo tomorrow? Buffalo tomorrow. Uh, so that Buffalo beat the Jets 2-1 in regulation last week or two weeks ago. That was a painful game. Yeah, so hopefully, you know, a little bit of retribution coming there. Um, and they're wearing the Aviator jerseys tomorrow. Which I think they seem to be winning. They're like, baby blues. Yeah. They come out really yeah. good. They play well in the baby blues. So let's see if that happens tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. And then I think they have Vegas uh, later this week. Uh, let me just pull up the schedule. I do believe they have Vegas on Thursday. Hmm. And then, well, regardless, strong team or weak team, it just seems like no matter who they're playing. You know, out of the all-star break, how they beat uh, St. Louis both games, and then they kind of go and play some of the weaker teams and, and end up not even getting two points yeah. or, or even one point in those games. Yeah. So basically, let me just hear. So Buffalo, Vegas, Arizona, Edmonton, Calgary, Vancouver. That's their next set of games. So four of those Almost teams. Almost all of those teams are teams that they are just right there with. Yeah. Well, Ari- and also, how I think we talked about on the last episode how the, the last game of the season is versus Arizona yeah and that could be a you know it, it, it won't be a game where like the Jets are watching oh let's hope Arizona loses so yeah. we get in it's like it, the desti- like, destiny's in their own hands maybe yeah, in, in, hopefully, in a way yeah yeah, yeah. um <clears throat> yeah certainly uh, they do are doing a little bit of scoreboard watching tonight with um Edmonton playing Nashville because if Edmonton can get a clean two points and keep Nashville from getting any points, that bodes well for the Jets because Nashville is basically right in front of Winnipeg with games but with in fewer hand. games played, right? Yeah, they so, have three games in hand. Yeah. yeah, so the standings are a bit of a logjam in the West for sure. I think it's probably safe to say it'll be five central teams and three Pacifics, or do you think it'll be four and four? It's kind of... Well, right now it's, I think, four and four. Yeah. Because I think Edmonton has the wild card, or Vancouver, I mean. Right now, yeah, actually Vancouver is in that top wild card. And Nashville. then Nashville has Nashville. the other one. Yeah, yeah. That's right. So, so it, it is four and four. Right? Yeah. So I, I think it actually could almost go 5-3 Pacific, because like yeah, Arizona could, could jump up. But yeah, That's very true. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, I don't know. The playoff format is a topic for another day, but... Um, it, 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 uh, I mean, even if the format was just strictly one through eight, Winnipeg would still be on the outside looking in right now. So it doesn't really matter. You just got to win games and that's how you get to the playoffs. But I guess just, um, just thinking about this next stretch of games, like I just mentioned, like they, yeah, they need, they, they need to win those. And, and it's like, how, <laughs> it's hard to believe in them as a fan this season. Sometimes, like you said, they go, they win two or three in a row, but then they lose four in a row or something. So 
if you look at their last 10 where they're four or five and one, it's, it's that's not a record you want this time of the season. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I guess if they have 15 games to go, um, and if you maybe, add, so what are they in their last five, one, three, and one? Yeah. Yeah. And they're, so they've got 72 total points and if they get 10 wins out of their next, their last 15, there's 20 points. They're at 92 points. That's probably the cutoff, right? Yeah, it's pretty or, close. Or just under or whatever. So, so I'd say if they're one, three, and one in their last five, so then then the, the next five games are part of let's call that ten block, ten game block, and then the the final ten game block would be the the last ten games. Mm. So like do you think do you think the Jets could uh win, say, what, four of the next five to then make this block like you know, 500 almost or just better than 500 yeah i mean <clears throat> i don't think so i i just don't see that happening yeah I, I i like i honestly don't well the fact that they're wearing the aviators tomorrow i think they're gonna win because that just seems to <laughs> That's be their the, thing yeah. yeah but honestly like a team like buffalo it just seems like the the jets have problems with teams below them in the standings yeah they've got three home games in a row here and then they go on the road for three and um and actually those three road games in a row are all on sportsnet as opposed to tsn so hmm. uh i don't know what their record is like we this is why we need an intern we gotta figure well, out what their record is like when they wear their aviator aviator jerseys we gotta figure out what it's like when they're on tsn versus sportsnet etc well i've been to i think four games this year mm -hmm. the jets have won all four Really? And they wore aviators for three of those games. <laughs> <laughs> I've been to, I think, three this year. Uh, they've lost all three. And I'm going on Tuesday tomorrow. Aviator. On aviator. So hopefully Here they, comes. they get a W for me. Going on a heater. Yeah. So that's kind of where the Jets are at playoff picture-wise. Um, it's It's... There's a little bit of hope that remains, but I think the general feeling in the city is, you know, if they make it, awesome. If they don't, none of us will be shocked. Yeah. You know, yeah. like we're, I think we're pretty much like, I wouldn't say uh, given up on the season. I think fans are very much pulling for the Jets to make it, but at it, like, uh, you know, talking with coworkers and friends and stuff, like, there's not a huge amount of optimism around uh, how they're going to finish the season, so we'll we'll see. Um, well, like we mentioned, uh, their their destiny is in their own hands. They could easily go on, you know, a bit of a win streak here to to you know get some momentum and yeah. some good hockey mojo on their side, and you know go into the playoffs uh, on a up you know, swing or whatever. For and, sure. Uh, no better way to go into the postseason, but... Uh, yeah, you want to be rolling at the right really time. There's really been no so signs of that yet. Be but. a good time to start rolling. So, uh, yeah, get the heater going. Bring Danny Heatley out of retirement. <laughs> yeah. Former thrasher. That's right. Uh, he's probably got some franchise records if you kind of go back that way. Probably you know? goals, maybe yeah. power play goals or something. Well, Kovalchuk probably yeah. would have those, but I don't know. Anyway. Heater's in there somewhere. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, 
if the Jets are going to go on a heater, they're going to need their best players to be their best players. So we're talking, let's, let's talk a little statistical uh, recap of the Jets so far this season, what's going on there numbers-wise. We got at the top of the points getting list is uh, Shife the Knife, Mark Shifley. No real surprise there. I think he's sitting at 70 points in 67 games played or something like that. Um, he has not hit 30 goals yet, but he's close, I think, right? Is he uh, he's pushing for 30? I can't see it right now. I just okay. only have the plus minus on my phone. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I I think he's he's got to be in his mid twenties for goals for sure. He's gonna get thirty this year. I don't know why this isn't sorted by points. Yeah, he's got twenty eight goals. Oh yeah, forty two assists. So he's only points. what like three or four behind Kyle Connor. Kyle Connor leads the team in goals right now. He's got thirty three. Yeah, uh, and Connor's got he's like a goal assist, just like one for one. Eh, he's so he's thirty three goals, thirty four assists. Point a game player right now, sixty-seven points, um, and then uh, you know Shifley's actually also the bad boy of the team this year. He's which he, surprises me. I, yeah, I, did, I wouldn't have guessed yeah. that. I, if if you wouldn't have told me that before the show, yeah. I think I would have guessed like one of the defensemen, like Morrissey yeah. or, or somebody, Batetto or something. Yeah. yeah, who's wearing the leather jacket? The bad boy. <laughs> <laughs> who's got the greased back hair? Yeah, Shife the knife. It's Shife the knife. He's in the Jets, eh? The gang, the West Side Story gang. But anyway, um, plus minus though. Why don't you tell us about plus minus? Well, actually, I'm going to work my way to the top. Okay. Um, well, Patrick Liney is a plus four. Yeah. Let's, let's let's just quickly talk about Liney. Okay. Sixty four point or sixty four games. Yeah. He's got twenty six goals and thirty three points. Yeah. And fi- for make thirty three assists. Thirty three assists for fifty nine points. Yeah. So he's just below a point per game. Yeah. But who would have thought that Patrick Liney would have had more assists than goals? And he's almost got thirty goals. Like I he'll know. have another season with thirty here. Hopefully, but he'll probably yeah. have like well, he's, he only needs four more goals. True. But uh, he's missed the last two games. Who's well, it sounds like he might play tomorrow. Right. Yeah. Like, it, it doesn't seem like he's too far away. Yeah. Um, you but, know, like, the the fact that he he legitimately came back this season and filled out his game. Now, he's, oh, he's, he's looked, now playing well-rounded hockey. Yeah. I, I've really appreciated and liked his, uh, Patrick Laine's game this season. He just... He's noticeable on the ice almost every shift. You know what I mean? And for a good reason. Making plays. Instead yeah. of like yeah. being like, oh, he coughed it up or whatever. He he seems to um, sometimes when when in the past he would dipsy doodle, he seems to now just sometimes make that simple play. Yeah. Which is like if you've listened to any NHL or uh, NHL veteran <clears throat> talk about like, you know, you make the simple play, but. Yeah, he's he's been good, and unfortunately, yeah, he got a slap shot off the inner off ankle the foot, or something yeah. there. So it's he's been hobbled a bit for the last two days. And I think today game. they just said they're waiting for the swelling to go down, and then he can he's pretty Hopefully much good, he's to go. good to go. Yeah. So yeah, he's he's a plus four. Jack Roslovic is a plus five. Mm-hmm. Ehlers is a plus nine. Yeah. Boilu is a plus ten. And Neil Pionk is a plus 11, leads the team Leading with a plus... Charge. Yeah. Nice. And the other thing Neil Pionk leads the team in is power play points, I believe. 24. 
Yeah. He's got 24. Yeah, which is which is awesome. Liney has 15. But yeah, like that, that right there's an issue. He's got like four power play goals. This is a guy who had 20 something the He's other year. He's got 7 now. Okay, 7. Yeah. So I just I just have seen the Jets power play the last handful of games and just I curse at it when I, I wish they could defer like when, yeah. like in football when the when the Declined. other team gets a penalty yeah. exactly like it's just uh it, it it's they had a 5 on 3 the other game and we I think we talked about this last episode they didn't even get a shot Okay. Uh, actually, no, we didn't because that was during the shutout win. Yeah. But. So uh, quick, can you do a stat check for me? Can you see how many goals Blake Wheeler has? Yeah, he's, um, yeah, he is sitting at 21 goals, 38 okay, assists. Okay, so he, he's probably not going to get 30, yeah. but you, you're potentially looking at Connor, Shifley, Ehlers, and Line all with 30 goal seasons. Yeah. Because Ehlers has 23. Yeah. He could get seven in the next 15, you know, there's a good shot, shot of that. Yeah. And, and, you know, Wheeler hasn't hit 30 goals ever. Shockingly enough, his career high is 28. Oh, wow. Yeah. In the last couple of years, he had nine back to back 91 point seasons. Well, last year he only had 20 goals. So his assist total is way down this year. Yeah. And his goals, but are... His goals are up a bit. Hmm. So who knows what's going go. on there, but. Okay, so as we mentioned in the show tease, we were going to do a little uh, comparison of, yeah. of uh, a former Jet and a current Jet. See the fruits of your labor with all those spreadsheets. So, um, you know, if, if everyone understands that at home, we're clearly talking about Jacob Truba, former Winnipeg Jet. Yeah, current he, New York Ranger, number eight. Traded to the Rangers for uh, Neil Pionk and Vili Hainola. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, a draft pick that turned into yeah, yeah. Hainola, yeah. Um, and he's enjoyed some success with the Jets early this season, and he made his way back to Finland. I haven't really, I guess, are the talking hockey scouts over mm. in Finland apparently uh, their cell phone plan ran out, <laughs> yeah. so we haven't been able to contact them. But maybe we can get them on uh, Hotmail uh, by next episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, so let, let's just run through the numbers here. Let's start with uh, let's let's start with our uh, our our boy here on the blue line, number four, Neil Pionk. In uh, sixty-seven games played, he's got six goals, thirty-seven assists, for forty-three points. As we mentioned, his plus-minus is eleven. And the stat, I think that, you know, that, that we just mentioned, the power play points, he's got 24 points, mm. uh, 165 shots. Uh, so he's shooting the puck quite a bit. Yeah. So if we flip over to our boy, our farmer boy, Jacob Truba, 65 games played, seven goals, 20 assists, make that 27 points. So... How many points does Chuba have compared to Pionk's assists? He's got 10 less. Yeah, so yeah, that, I mean, 43 points to 27 points. If you're just looking at points, it's pretty uh, pretty, pretty big difference, but and continue. Pionk, yeah. yeah, Pionk's a plus 11, like we mentioned. Yeah. Chuba's a minus 11. Yeah. Uh, Pionk with the 24 power play points. Chuba has eight. 
but Trouba's got 160 shots. Oh, he's got less shots too, 160 to 165. Huh. So over, even just in a, in a one for one, we're looking at yeah. a pretty good scenario well, there. What about? Do you have time on ice there? It's not listed on the on the. Uh, I bet you it's pretty even. Because I, I would assume assume it's pretty close, like yeah. average time on ice. Yeah. The only other thing I have here is game winning goals. Yeah. Pionk has one, and so does Truba. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, I think uh, shooting percentage three point six to four point four. Yeah, yeah, but the defenseman's Pionk, shooting percentage is never super high. I but also, was. Pionk shoots more. Yeah, but he does have more goals. Yeah. No, oh, I no think six he said goals. Truba's got yeah, seven, right? So, so Truba's got one more goal. Yeah. yeah. But you know, but I mean, overall, they, uh, they, yeah, they play um, a little bit of a different style. I think Truba is a little more physical. But I have been pleasantly surprised with Pionk and how physical he has been this year he's he's not afraid to throw a hit or get in the corners or whatever um i think truba's just got sort of more of a a nasty streak if you will Um, well truba is 59 pims pionk is 32 mm -hmm. Uh, and if you remember like the last few years even with truba there'd be like quite a few penalties or you know tripping or hooking or something where we'd find ourselves shorthanded because of uh truba or myers actually quite a bit just reaching with the stick instead of kind of move the feet boys. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, I I think it's safe to say like at this point, I mean, and and then the other factor that kind of weighs in here is the salary. So New York signed Truba to an extension for 8 million bucks, 8 million bucks for eight years or something like that. Right. Yeah. So Pionk's making like half that three and a half or something. But he's only on for maybe two more years. So then you think, okay, well, Pionk, if he continues this rate of play, he's going to get a new contract with the Jets if he wants to stay here. Hopefully he does. Hopefully they re-sign him, whatever. He's going to get a raise. But you would think maybe he'd be in the $6 million range or something like that. I'd say that's the same. So you're bet, still yeah. kind of looking at a bit of a discount in a way yeah. for a guy who plays just as good if not better possibly plays big minutes plays yeah. the power play yeah 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 i i do think that the jets will and need they need to and they will add somebody who can be that physical presence a little more but you know that's not necessarily pionk's uh forte but like i said he's not afraid to throw a body check or anything so you know he's uh he's been a he's been a Nice revelation for Jets fans this year, I think. Very um, nice, yeah. I think a lot of us, when when they acquired him uh, back in the summer on the trade, a lot, a lot of Jets fans and, and just general anybody's were like, they, they thought it was like the most one-sided trade ever in favor of New York. But I think we can all put on our hindsight glasses and <laughs> yeah. say... Not too shabby there, Shevel Day off. Yeah. I think um, he probably knew all along what he was getting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, keeping with the theme of statistics and Winnipeg Jets for a second here, guess what day it is? Tell me, Tom. <laughs> Today is the anniversary of a certain Finnish flash named Timu Solani reaching and well breaking the rookie goals record. So 
Uh, he scored 52, 53, 54. Yeah. So the year was, um, 1993, three, 93. Yeah. And, uh, so that's 17 years ago, man, 17 years ago. What? No, no, it's more than that. 27 years ago. Yeah. It is 27 years ago. Holy shit. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, what? Uh, Carry the one. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So he, yeah, he uh, broke the record held by Mike Bossy, who was a goal scoring machine himself. Um, Yeah. Broke the record with a Hattie uh, and he finished the season with 76 and a little birdie tells me that you were at that game. Randy. I do remember being at that game. Uh, I remember the big thing surrounding the game was the Jets were about to go on a really long road trip right after that. Yeah. So if it was like, uh, if if Solani doesn't do it tonight, uh, it'll, be on the... it'll be on the road. But the, the I think the game previous to that one, I think he scored... I don't know, something crazy, like maybe like three or four goals as well. So basically he th- was able to get all those goals in in the last two home games nice. or, or in that home stretch there. And uh, yeah, like I, I just remember it was, it was different because it, I th- I'm pretty sure it was like a Tuesday night or something. It was during the week yeah. and growing up in Stonewall, you know, like not that it's like really far away, but normally we'd go to the Jets games like on the weekends and stuff, but yeah, because the the record was uh, a possibility that night. I remember my dad taking me to the game, and it's just like wow, like yeah. he scores one, and then he scores two, and it's like oh, this could. L- Do you remember who they were playing? I think it was Quebec. Uh, I'm pretty sure it was the Quebec Nordiques. Okay. Yeah. Um, let's see if this doesn't really say in this uh, tweet. Honestly, like it doesn't really like that part of it was like not part of the memory. Like I remember sitting above where the Zamboni comes out okay, and like the end that Solani scored his record breaking goal was like the end that we were in. And then like, cause like the, everyone remembers the goal. It was like that high flip pass. I think that came from Ty Domi and uh, Solani like raced in and got it and kind of did a one handed like swipe at the puck and it went over the diving yeah. goalie and it went in and the then goalie. he circled around and he threw the glove up in the air and started shooting it. It's like yeah. almost like that celebration was like uh, almost more memorable than the goal because it's like, For I've sure. never seen that before. Yeah. It was just like, and you know that he like was thinking, what, what am I, what, what? should I do? <laughs> but the way that it just translated so well into the action because he was skating full tilt to get that loose puck and he kind of just swiped at it. It went over and it went in and he was still going like full tilt, like (laughs) around into the corner and just threw the glove up and was shooting it. And I just, I also, I remember like the game being delayed for like quite a while because people were losing their minds. Yeah. And then they did this like ceremony where they like gave Solani like this silver stick or something like, you know, like this fancy stick for breaking the record. Like right in the middle of the game. They had like, yeah, it's like, yeah, it was it's kind of pretty cool. wild. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah. That's one of the most iconic uh, photographs in, in hockey history. I would say it's like right up there with, I mean, there's a lot of them, but you know, like I'd say that image of Solani, like shooting his glove down is just, that's a classic. And um, yeah, I don't know. That's really cool. It's really cool that you were there. Um 
So you guys were sitting just above the Zamboni? Yeah, it was against uh, the Nordiques. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. Um, <laughs> interestingly, so listen to this. Though Solani's goal gave Winnipeg a 4-3 lead, the Nordiques rallied to score four goals and leave with a 7-4 victory. Yeah, and that didn't matter to anybody. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty funny. 53 goals established 15 years earlier. The first year was something magical. I just started getting more confidence and more I don't know how long this clip is, but anyways, that's yeah. Timo Solani. Okay, I'll, I'll put, it, put it on for uh, the record-breaking goal okay. here. Nice. But, uh, yeah, it was, it was one of those moments where... Uh, I don't know. Like even you, even though he needed three goals for 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 the record, it just seemed like it was going to happen that night. And I yeah. think everyone in the building kind of had that had that sense. And you could even see, like, uh, you know, in in uh, when Solani played that heritage game there for yeah. for the Jets, like how just how how like crucial he is. Oh, yeah. Quebec Nordiques, Solani exploded for a hat trick, breaking Bossy's record. He marked the achievement with an unforgettable celebration. I was so pumped after the third goal, and I, and I threw the club on there and I shut it down. That caught everybody off guard, but uh, it was it was a, it was a great celebration, if you huh. ask me. That was Keith Kachuk. Is really? that the top 100 or whatever? Yeah. Yeah, I've watched I've watched that before. I've watched a bunch of those. It's pretty good. So Stefan Fisse was the goaltender for the Quebec Nordiques who was in net for that record-breaking goal. Adam Foote was the defenseman. Solani sped right by and banged home the goal. And you know who caught the glove that Team Solani threw in the air? Little Randy? No. no. <laughs> it was on the ice. Dallas Eakins. Oh. Who's like now the coach of the Anaheim, Anaheim Ducks. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Wow. Former Winnipeg Jet. Nice. But uh, we've got roughly seven and a half minutes here left in the first. What else do we have to get to here? Right. Well, we were going to talk about the 10th anniversary of the Golden Goal. We were going to talk maybe just a couple other small things here, but <clears throat> I guess... um. We kind of lingered a bit there talking about that, but yeah, it's like, so 10th, there's been a lot of articles, a lot of video segments, some interviews with Sidney Crosby. You've probably seen or heard some of those in the last week or so, because uh, it's, it is the 10th anniversary of the golden goal and team Canada winning at the, the gold at the, at the uh, Vancouver Olympics. The women's team also won gold at the Olympics there. Um, excuse me, but um like that that moment of you know uh the gold medal game and and then Crosby's goal it's kind of like i think for our people our age or whatever who were around it's it's like the 72 summit series goal like that my dad would have that memory like he could tell me exactly what he was doing and where he was and stuff and then like with with this with the 2010 goal Crosby goes Crosby's goal it's like yeah i could I can tell you exactly where I was, what I was doing. I was in Peterborough. I was at a friend's house. There was a bunch of us there watching the game. I remember uh, in overtime, like in between, in the intermission, in between the third and, and overtime, I uh, was talking to my brother on the on the phone and it was just like, so we were both so stressed. It was just <laughs> like, we were just like, I, like I was, like I couldn't, like my body was like shaking. I was like so nervous, um, but it's like I, f- it's like I feel good. I feel good. I think it's I think it's good or whatever. Yeah. And then and then you know like when 
when Crosby scored, I remember like, you know, we all like jumped up and we're like high fiving and screaming and whatever. And then it was like, like without anybody even saying anything, it was like, we all threw our shoes and jackets on and ran outside and went running down. Uh, I think it's called George street in Peterborough kind of goes down towards downtown. And we were like, ran down there and everybody else seemed to do the same thing. Cause they're like running down the street, <laughs> high fiving strangers, cars driving by honking and all it was pretty wicked and uh we made our way to the bar for celebratory drinks and nice yeah, it's a good time well, where, the, where were you at i was actually working for the olympics oh yeah so i uh like how it worked in 2010 because it was a Can- uh, canadian hosted olympics all of the broadcasters kind of formed like this conglomerate where it was like ctv tsn aptn like a whole bunch, I forget what else, but like a whole bunch of networks all kind of, you know, formed a partnership. And so then like, if you wanted to watch the men's hockey game, you tune into CTV. If you want to watch, you know, Olympic gold medal curling, watch APTN or whatever. So because APTN's headquarters is here in downtown Winnipeg, um, that's where I was stationed. And basically my role for, the gold medal game was to make like the, the game winning or like to ma- make the final montage of like yeah. all the moments. Yeah. And like, so like how you do it is you, you kind of build as you go. Like I had my music you, picked and I like had all the moments and stuff and you kind of do like the little pregame kind of pump up and then you have all like the big hits and the goals and the, yeah. the sound ups of, you know, he shoots, he scores and stuff like that. So yeah. you're kind of just waiting for that last moment to, for the end. And then, you know, you throw in a few shots of the Canada flags and the medals and stuff or whatever. And then, yeah. uh, so yeah, I, I was basically in an edit suite watching and we had the feed directly from the rink. So we, we were like ahead of what was on TV. Right. Like, so like, we could yeah. hear people like, uh, you know, cheering about, you know, 10 seconds after we would see the goal because it was of all the delay, of, of the delay and stuff. Yeah. So when Crosby scored, it was me and two other people in our suite. We knew the goal happened <laughs> before yeah. everybody else in the building. So that's kind of, that's, uh, cool. that's yeah. where, where I was. And the, the, the one thing that kind of gets overlooked and maybe it's such, it's a big deal at the time, but then when you, in hindsight, it n- never really is a big deal because it, it's a, such a iconic goal. Sidney Crosby didn't have a great Olympics. Yeah. Like, you remember like he, like Jonathan Taves. He only had like six points or something. Taves was the best player for sure on yeah. the team that year. Yeah. And you know, you had Rick Nash and, and Corey Perry scoring clutch goals there. Yeah. But in, in, in an overall sense of, you know, being the superstar that Crosby is, his, his uh, overall performance at the Olympics wasn't that great, but it's completely overshadowed because he, he scored, scored the goal, goal that, that matters. matters. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. In in his interview with uh, Friedman this past weekend that I saw, he he's, was saying something to that effect. Like, he's like, I didn't have the best tournament and whatever. He's like, but, uh, you know, he's like, Iggy was telling me, he's like, your time, your moment will come or something oh, like yeah. that, you know? <laughs> And uh, uh, boy, howdy, did it ever. Yeah. That was, that and then if good. you like fast forward to 2014 and then like him and Bergeron and, and Marshawn, like they just yeah. tore it up. Yeah. That 2014 was, team was dominant. Like the 2010 team, it was very dramatic. It was a wild tournament because they lost some games early, I think. or Well, so. they lost to the Americans first. Right. right? Yeah. Or early. Yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah, there was, 
yeah, it was it was all over the place. They thumped Russia, I believe, in that tourney. Uh, like just like it was like seven three. Or, I well, don't remember. And but. E- like even in that game, though, against the U.S. for the gold medal, like it did seem like it was Canada's game, and then all of a sudden the U.S. Yeah, they were back. up three one, I think. Yeah, yeah. And then yeah, the U.S. tied it with <clears throat> moments to go kind of deal. So Parise. Yeah, that's right. So. Yeah, that was uh, quite a time. And I've like I was just saying to you uh, off air, excuse me, I've got the uh, DVD set at home of all the teams Canada's complete games. So, Does it have the announcing like announce like it's yeah, got Cuthbert like, on it? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's awesome. Uh, so I'm it's been a handful of years since I've watched that, so I'm I'm about due. Nice. I think I'll have a tenth anniversary. And listeners out there, if you go back and reminisce and watch that clip again, wh- whether you watch it on YouTube and some some YouTube clips have like the international version of it. So it's just like the sound of the game. There's no announcers, yeah. but even, like whichever version you listen to, like turn up, turn up the volume and you can hear Crosby calling for the puck. He says, right, yeah. Iggy, Iggy. Yeah, yeah. 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 It was super loud. Apparently um, at the time, I don't remember hearing that, but like in all of the things I've seen since you definitely, yeah, it's, yeah. it's you know, and like, it, that's right. You call for the puck and yeah. Iggy got him the puck and that goal he scored, like the golden goal, it was very similar to the goal Patrick Kane scored against the, um, very similar. Yeah. Like flyers r- along the ice the and cup. no one really short yeah, side. Yeah. It's very quick. Yeah. Um, well, shall we, uh, I guess we kind of have to move on here. The uh, first period's coming to a close. Um, just quickly about the emergency backup goalie. We talked about this last week and the pot- potential uh, conspiracy theories that would happen if a goalie employed by the team, he was playing against whatever. Well, we don't have to worry about that because the general managers decided to do nothing. Um, yeah, it. from what I read today, it sounded like it, it like they everyone thought it was fine and there's yeah. no reason to make like a, like a yeah. a big decision based on something that rarely happens yeah. so. I, I have a feeling that it was just like pressure of Toronto and Toronto media <laughs> that sort of got that conversation even started in the first place but anyway so i guess we will uh wrap up the first period here now and we'll uh come back in the second we're going to talk uh well, we're going to talk about our Vintage Hockey Hair Player of the Week and our local legend. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. This is Bert Hainstock, number nine from Crusty Steel. You're listening to Talking Hockey, the Hockey Talking Show. Right on. All right, boys, we're back for uh, period number two. You just heard from uh, Crest defenseman Britt Hainstock there. Uh, that was uh, just his little message to keep your stick on the ice because um, you never know when someone's going to throw you the puck and you just need to have your stick on the ice and redirect that baby home. So um, let's talk about a guy who put that little baby home a few times, and that is Butch Goring. He's going to be, last week we did uh, Vintage Hockey Hair Player and a Local Legend combined, and it was Cody Eakin, and that was the first time ever that we've done that. We liked it so much, we we liked it, what's the saying? Oh, it was so nice, we'll do it twice. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to do Butch Goring as our Vintage Hockey Hair Player and our Local Legend. Um, so Butch is 
perhaps known for a couple of things. Um, he, he is known as a guy who wore a crazy helmet. Um, uh, this will be the vintage hockey hair portion of the, uh, segment, but he, he had, he had this Swedish designed spaps helmet. Um, it's, it was like only, it kind of looked like a Jofa. Kind of round. Kind of like Gretzky's Jofa. So he said, uh, apparently that, um, he, he liked that helmet because when he played minor hockey growing up in Winnipeg, he could fit, they had to wear helmets and you know, this is the sixties or before. And, um, he liked that helmet cause he could put his hoodie up over top of it to keep <laughs> his ears warm. Cause they probably played a lot of outdoor hockey in those days. Well, look uh, at this. Yeah. Yeah. Eh? And it's like matte, you know, like not glossy. Yeah. There's no shine to it. It almost it looks like a, like a bike helmet. Yeah. Like, but like, yeah. Uh, like a bike sm- courier type thing. Smaller. Yeah. Yeah. There's lots of uh, breathability in it. There's, you there's know, a there's big, like there's a big gaps everywhere. Big gap right through the middle. Yeah. 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 But, um, a pretty, pretty wicked helmet. And apparently he had two of them. He had a home one and an away one and they just got painted different colors over the years. <laughs> yeah. And so the other, the other thing that Goring is known for essentially is inventing the playoff beard. So let me just quickly say, uh, so Butch Goring, he played, uh, for the LA Kings and he played for the New York Islanders mostly. I think there were a few other teams in there. But the, he won four Stanley Cups with the New York Islanders. They they did their, you know, four-peat. And he came over just before, the, like at the trade deadline of this first year that they did it. And he was kind of regarded as the final piece of the puzzle. Um, and, and yeah, they put went over the top and they won a cup. And then the second year they won the cup, he was the Conn Smythe winner. Um, and then in 1980, 81. Yeah. And then, uh, he also won like the lady Bing award in the, 77, the, 78 the Masterton trophy. Same year, 77, yeah. 78. Yeah. And, um, interestingly enough, actually there was one season, uh, I, I, Oh geez, where'd this go? But there was one season. What do you need after the lady Bing year? Oh Yeah. He played 78 games and did not get a single penalty, but he didn't win the Lady Bing that year. Wow. Yeah. That was the year he won the Conn Smythe, so it would have been 80-81 or whatever it is. Well, that that year, 18 games played in the playoffs, he had 20 points. Yeah. 10 goals, 10 assists in 18 games. Yeah. And that, that That's was, why you win a cup for boys and girls. Yeah, and he got the Conn Smythe for that, and uh, just a clutch, clutch player for sure. Um, but yeah, like, I think... Definitely well known for his looks. And I read one thing uh, today. So the reason that he sort of came into mind today was that he just had his number retired by the New York Islanders this past weekend. Uh, Number 91 hanging up in the rafters. And no, that's not John Tavares, 91. That is uh, Butch Goring, 91. He, um, He wore 19 when he played for L.A., and then and then uh, got traded to New York. Brian Trottier, of course, was wearing 19. Not going to take his number. No, you don't take <laughs> trots. So so he goes, oh, I'll just flip her over there, boys, and uh, take 91. Which at that time, like you were saying, kind of before the show here, 
91 in 198 like that's a that's a bold move oh yeah that's i think every move. like the highest number back then was probably number 21 or something yeah, exactly <laughs> like you're weird if you take 29 <laughs> yeah. or something you know what are you a goalie yeah <laughs> for sure so so uh bold move and yeah like i to me so he was a guy like there's no shortage of great pictures of him so check the instagram uh at talking hockey podcast and and there'll be there'll be some good picks of butch goring because he had that hockey hair he had that flow a mustache he had like i say he invented essentially he invented hockey uh playoff beards which is like nowadays if you are on a playoff run and you don't grow a playoff beard it's like you're looked at very weird like you, you like it's weird if you don't do that you know so kind of cool that uh it can be traced back to a local fella yeah and well we were also talking before the show that uh just getting into another beat nick here if we if we think about you know the growing list of manitobans that have won the con Smythe, yeah uh, you had reggie leach yep. ron hextall jonathan yep. taves yep. bush goring yep um did uh did dustin penner win it with the la kings no he didn't so no because he had uh, a it was like, Justin Williams and the goalie, I think Jonathan Quick. Yeah. Okay, but I remember Dustin Penner having like Yo, a, he had a crazy great, yeah. good playoffs. No, he played for Anaheim, didn't he? Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. Well, he did play for LA after. Right. Oh, does he have you, a? He's got a cup with both teams, I think. Uh, very possibly. That's a. So, anyways, we were just uh, you know shooting the shit about uh, um, Manitobans that have won the Con Smythe, yeah. and you know there's there's quite a quite a list yeah yeah we'd have to get a a new intern to compile a list for us to to be sure about that but like you just rattled off a bunch there and i think that's a pretty accurate picture but um yeah you know there could uh very easily be um some new ones this year like we'll we'll get into the playoff picture talk in a little bit here but you know there's a certain team that's favored and they've got a manitoban or two on their lineup so okay i quickly looked it up he did not win a con smith okay he just he's got two cups though penner yeah which Dust, is which is pretty sweet dusty pen pen so anyways back to butch goring yeah we just need to talk to uh, talk about a couple things here okay so number 1 his real name is robert <laughs> yeah i was wondering about that cuz like butch is a weird name <laughs> so yeah, it's Robert Goring, but it's Butch. Yeah. It's he's forever known as Butch. Yeah. It says he was born uh October twenty second, nineteen forty nine in St. Boniface, Manitoba. So not too far from here. Maybe just just, a, o- just over the river. Yeah. Um five ten, one sixty five. Not a big guy. And uh he looked like he well According to Hockey DB, the stats are unavailable for the year, but in 68-69, he played for the Dauphin Kings. Nice. And I'm just going to do a little rabbit hole search here on Hockey DB, and I'm going to click on the Dauphin Kings from that year. Yeah. And I'm going to look at the other guys on the team. See if there's anybody else whose name you recognize. Blaine Stoughton, former NHLer. Oh, yeah. I think he was a local legend on the show here one time. Wasn't that he? that's it. That's it. Uh, yeah. I, I was thinking maybe Barry Trotz would have been on there, but oh, okay. uh, yeah. not yet. But yeah. and then in sixty eight, sixty nine, he played for the Winnipeg Jets of the WCHL, which is kind of like the WHL Pre- precursor to the WHA or WHL, w, like junior. Yeah, yeah. 
And then from there is when he would have got drafted for the LA Kings. Drafted in the fifth round. Fifth round, 51st overall. So there wasn't a lot of teams back then. Yeah. Um, played for the Kings for quite a few years. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven years. Yeah. Um, let's just scroll down to the very, very bottom here and let's look at uh, NHL totals. So Goring played 1,107 total games, 375 goals, 513 assists for 888 uh, career points. And if you look at his playoff totals, 134 total playoff games, uh, 38 goals and 50 assists for 88 career playoff points. Mm-hmm. So that's, those are... It's, he's like uh, almost point, or just over 0. 0.5 uh, yeah. points per game in he, the playoffs. He became really known as a defensive stalwart. Like he was, like he could score. I think he, uh, there's one little tidbit I've got here who said, that says, uh, so the year he won um, the Lady Bing and the Masterton, uh, he played with L.A. Injuries limited Marcel Dion to 70 games in 77-78, but L.A.'s scoring slack was picked up by small but speedy veteran Butch Goring. In his ninth NHL season, Goring reached a personal high in goal scoring when he led the Kings with 37 tallies. After suffering with a losing team for so many years, yet always maintaining high standards, Goring was honored with the year's Lady Bing Trophy as well as the Masterton Trophy. So yeah, like, and then it was not long after that that he got sent to L or uh, to to Long Island to New York, and the the Islanders were the second expansion team to win the cup. Philadelphia was the first, uh, and the only other non-expansion team basically to win the cup since expansion teams started winning was Montreal. They won it a couple times, I guess. So anyway, so wow. uh, yeah. And Butch Goring is currently the color color commentary for color commentator for uh, Islanders home games or uh, on, Islanders broadcast games on, on MSG Network. I guess that would be yeah yeah cool. Well, the Islanders are heavily favored to win. If you look at uh, odds and whatnot, like we were showing there earlier, uh, their their odds of winning a cup are pretty good this year. They're, people like them. Um, I think I like them. They got, uh, they got well, a good Well, they're squad. a pretty well-rounded team, yeah. good coaching. Uh, yeah. 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 And they just announced that all of their games from the end of the season going forward will be at Nassau Coliseum. That's probably where no, they should be, hey? Yeah, no more, no more Brooklyn. Um, so until they get their new stadium, which is coming like in a year or two. I think back out in, on the island, right? Like, Yeah, yeah. It's, um, it's in... It's in Queens, I think. It's right Belmont Park where they do the horse racing. Right. So it's 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 like maybe outside of Queens, but it's pretty close. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, New York Islanders, look out. Butch, Butch Goring. <laughs> Local legend. Look out. Vintage hockey hair. Uh, check <laughs> out the Instagram for pictures coming of that and other things too. So, yeah. Um, do we want to talk about the... Um, we were we were kind of saying about how Philadelphia. Like, do we want to get into Philly? Oh, sure. Right we now? forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. So actually, I was as I was sharing before the episode here that there's this website called MoneyPuck.com where you can kind of 
it's got like the odds if like from a game to game basis it's got like the percentage of who's going to win compared to who's going to lose yeah um it's got uh you know where the percentages of who's going to make the playoffs who's going to win first round second round and so forth who's going to win the cup and currently money puck has their you know the spreadsheets and the numbers that they have run yeah. currently has the Philadelphia Flyers as the team with the highest with percentage the, to yeah. win the Stanley Cup Isn't right that now wild? Yeah. which is you know we were talking about like it's obviously direct, directly related to i would think that this the six game winning streak that yeah. they're on right now they're on a heater and as well as uh, i guess just their their overall numbers yeah, if you look at the probably their underlying numbers, they probably have some some good coursey stats and whatever that you know, like I don't really understand. But hey, but like I think what I can understand about Philadelphia is like I've I've watched just a couple of their games. I I caught their game against New York uh, Rangers just the other day, and um, didn't they come back big time and beat the Rangers? Is that the game? Uh, they just played them twice. I saw the first time they played them and that one was pretty even and Philly, I think ended up winning like five, two or something. So it wasn't, it wasn't the most recent comeback one. Okay. But, um, yeah, no, I think what I can take away from Philadelphia right now is they're getting for the first time in a long time, they're getting goaltending from a young Carter Hart who we picked as team Canada's uh, goalie of the future, uh, a few episodes back so i think you gotta look at carter hart and just give a tip of the hat there for sure um but they're also getting big time performances from uh konechny um what travis travis konechny yeah i think he played for the london knights a few years back there he was a junior star with them and uh he's a he's a canadian guy too and he he when we did our team canada um future selections or whatever mock draft thing. I think we kind of forgot about Konechny, but, uh, you know, he'd be a guy to consider. And another guy that we forgot about, or maybe we didn't, but uh, I think a lot of people have forgot about him, is a certain uh, captain of the Philadelphia Flyers, Claude Giroux. Yeah. Guy's killing it. Uh, Apparently again, he, eats, still. he eats grilled cheese sandwiches before every game. Well, I know what I'm doing now because <laughs> yeah. I love grilled cheese sandwiches. And uh, if they're good enough for Claude, they're good enough for me. So... Um, definitely like, and then you got Sean Couturier, who I think is leading the team in points. Let me just, uh, quickly see if I can pull up their, uh, stats and stuff, but no, it's Konechny. It is Konechny. Okay. With yeah. 60 and Couturier was 58. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I've got it right here on hockey DB. And the reason why I'm here is like, I swear they had more than one Manitoban. Oh, they do. But Nolan Patrick is injured right now. Yeah. Although I've heard he's coming back. They've got Travis Sanheim from Elkhorn, Manitoba. And yeah. they've got Nolan Patrick from Winnipeg, Manitoba. Yeah. And Sanheim's having a good year too. He's a nice little solid D. He's got 23 points. Yeah. For a D man, that's good. Yeah. It's uh you can't, uh, can't complain. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, and then Philly just picked up Nate Thompson from Montreal as a little depth acquisition. You got to like that little move that gives them another body down the middle, a big guy who can play some minutes and stuff. And I don't know, like, um, <clears throat> who's, who else they got? Well, they well, got Kevin Hayes this year who I think J James Van Riemsdyk, yeah, Niskanen, Provorov, Scott yeah. Lawton. Yeah. They're, they're a solid team. Uh, and I just, I think that they're poised for a pretty good run, to be honest with you. And I could, I 
I feel like I can get behind Philadelphia this year. They also have Shane Gossesbear, who's been quite quiet. Well, um, there's been he, a lot of rumors about him uh, getting traded, but that didn't happen. Uh, but you know, the fact that you know, just only a couple seasons ago, he was he was firing on all, all cylinders. Well, I think that he was in the conversation for Rookie of the Year a couple seasons ago, and then and then it's kind of well, he had 65 points in 78 games uh, two seasons ago. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty good. He even went down to the minors this year, but that yeah. must have been for uh, maybe for conditioning, conditioning or yeah. something. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. yeah, the Flyers. Like, what? Number one, watch some Flyers games on TV, folks. Number mm-hmm. two, check out moneypuck.com. You can really waste a lot of time during your <laughs> uh, when you're supposed to be working. Well, it certainly took us by surprise that they were the team that had the best percentage chance to win the Stanley Cup right now. Like, I wasn't expecting. When you hit that button, I wasn't expecting it to be Philly, but it was. It's Philly. Yeah. Look out for the the Broad Street bullies. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's let's wrap up the second period. We'll come back for a third, and uh, we'll see you on the flip side here. Welcome back to the third period of Talking Hockey, the Hockey Talking Show. We are here enjoying our uh, beers by uh, Barnhammer called the Lousy Beatnik Amber Lager. And it's not lousy whatsoever. No, no. Quite misleading of a name. Uh, I would say it is a delicious beatnik, um, but that's not really a thing. So <laughs> anyway, <laughs> um, but uh yeah, the third period here. We're going to try putting on some pants. You heard the theme song. It's so, yes, the... I queued up the theme song because I've got a very important question to ask. Yeah, okay. And it's it was teased. I think we teased it in, yeah. in the old show tease. Yeah. And it's like, what do you do with a legend yeah. is, is kind of how it was brought up. Right. And what I'm referring to is the fact that King Henrik, King Henry... Mm-hmm. Is basically uh, a third stringer, uh, or has yeah. been lately yeah. in New York uh, for the Rangers. That is, um, and it seems like maybe there was uh, potential of them trying to move him uh, at the deadline, and there was talk about and, it. And uh, you know, who knows? Uh, apparently, some of the insiders aren't very inside, as we <laughs> tend to yeah. notice these things. Yeah, exactly. But. Um, Needless to say, who knows the actual who knows the actual details other than the people inside uh, the situation. But mm-hmm. you know, as an outsider, it looks like they've got like a all world um, legend of a starting goalie, and it looks like he's not playing. Yes. And if the Rangers were trying to move him, and he refused to budge, um, you know, what do you do? And that's my question for you. It's like yeah. if you were the GM of a team. And you had this piece that, you know, you felt that you could move. Um, and, you know, maybe there's some suitors and maybe there's not. But, like, would he, where does, like, um, you know, where does it come into, like, the guy's been 
a New York Ranger for life, yep. you know, and he's like, if you think of the Rangers, you think of Henrik Lundqvist. He's like the first guy you think of. So like how, how much does that play into like, if that guy, does he want to just stay a Ranger his whole career and just want to retire that way? And he's, yeah. he's there no matter what, like, how, like as a GM, yeah. you know, if you were in that situation, do you would you consider those kinds of things or would you be like i gotta think about the team and i gotta right. think about what i could get or like i said is there more of a sen sentimental or sensitive side where it's like this guy has gave it all for this team and let's let's let, let's yeah he earned this so let's let, let him have it like what, yeah you know if you were if you were in say the situation right now for the rangers who's their um gm jeff gorton or is that the coach i don't know honestly yeah. it used to be like uh <laughs> Sather. <laughs> say there yeah. So, yeah yeah uh no yeah but so i mean lundquist is 38 years old um he for the this year for the first time in uh basically his entire career that or at least like as long as i can remember him being around he's he's not the games played leader for the Rangers. It is Jeff Gorton, our uh, our uh, stats guy. It's <laughs> just confirmed. <laughs> Jeff Gorton is the uh, Rangers general manager. Um, but yeah, no, like so. Uh, Gorgiev is so the Rangers basically have two young goaltending prospects that they really like, and they've both got some NHL action this year. There's Gorgiev and Shesterkin. Um, <clears throat> Shesterkin seems like the real deal. I think he's possibly injured right now. He's 24 years old, though. He's got a 9-1 record in 10 games. He's a 223 goals against average. His save percentage is 940. Uh, so a pretty good like first impression, if you will. Then they got uh, Alex Gorgiev. He's appeared in... Um, 31-ish games or something. Yep. Got a 30, 16, 13, 1 and 2 record or what? I don't know how that works. He's a 302 goals against and a 912 save percentage. Pretty good. How old is he? He's, uh, he's also 24. And then you got the king, uh, Henrik Lundqvist, 38 years old. Probably the worst numbers of his career right now. 10 wins, 12 losses. He's got a 904 save percentage and a 319 goals against. If you look at his career, um, you know, this is a guy who generally plays 70 games a year kind of thing. Well, like, if you look at his hockey DB here, yeah. he has never played less than 30 games yeah. in a season. And so he just needs one more to hit 30 this year. So hopefully they give it to him. I'm sure they will. He has never played less than 40 games. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even in a in a lockout year, he played 43. That's right. A 43 out of 48. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. His career save percentage is 918. His career goals against 243. I mean, Lundqvist is a stud in every sense of the word. He is the best looking guy in Manhattan. And that's like not an easy job no he's and, he's working it yeah he's in pert plus commercials or is it vidal sassoon or <laughs> it's got to be something vidal like sassoon, that yeah. one of those hair companies or whatever but like so he's been he's been he's been close but no cigar to that stanley cup hey he took the rangers to the finals twice 
or just once? They lost to the Kings. Yeah, they, just once, eh? Just the one time, yeah. But then, but they they had some Eastern Finals and all the rest of it too. So you know that like, if 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 they wanted to trade him, then I think, you know, he's got to sign off on that. I so to answer your question, um, what do you do with an aging legend when you've got some young bucks knocking at the door? In in the case of the New York Rangers, like unless he goes and asks for a trade to say, trade me to a, a team that's like going to have a playoff run and I'll go be their backup or whatever. Um, then I think that you just, you don't even think about trading them. Like if you need to have three goalies on your roster, then I guess that's the way she goes. <clears throat> like he's, his legacy in New York, I think is just like, it's, at this point is, is what is most important to that team and that city. And, and then that player, like, I, I don't think, like, I think he wants to retire a New York Ranger. Like I don't see him ever putting on another team's Jersey, even if it was like, let's say for the example this year, uh, what's a contending team that might need a backup goalie. Um, well, Vegas did get one, right? Yeah. So let's just say like Vegas was talking to New York about it. And, you know, maybe it crossed his mind and said, eh, you know, I'll go play a few months out in Vegas and see what happens. But at the end of the day, yeah, like uh, obviously Vegas got laner and uh, good for them. But um, I just, you know, and, and, and Lundquist could have been a, a real nice fit there too. But So you got to think next year. Yeah. He's not, he's probably going to play even less. Yeah, exactly. So like, I think, I think next year and it, and it, it hopefully doesn't become a thing where like fans get angry with them because they're like, Oh, we could have traded you for a draft pick or something like that. Like what happened with Matt Sundin in Toronto or whatever, you know, there was a bit of animosity in his last days. It's like, here's this Leafs legend, you know, and he just wants to retire a leaf, but it's not going to happen kind mm -hmm. of thing. So hopefully with, uh, with Lundquist, um, you know, he can, like, yeah, if he comes back next year and plays, you know, maybe he gets 20 games or whatever it is. But I think he knows at this point his role is reduced. And especially when you look at those uh, goalies. And, like, New York's rebuild has gone really well. They're only a couple points out of a playoff position right now. Well, yeah, and if they make the playoffs, he's probably going to maybe see the net a bit more because yeah. he's been to the, the dance a few times. Yeah, exactly. So... I think that like it's just it's just a, the thing where it's like he's he's a ranger. He's yeah. not he's not never going to be a ranger. He wants to be a New York Ranger. <laughs> so that's funny that you say that. But <laughs> I, we're we're running out of time here. Okay. But uh, at the same time, uh, I'm just gonna let this happen here. Mm-hmm. There's the whistle. There's the whistle. So yeah. But we'll bring this up maybe next episode. Maybe the Jets kind of avoided a situation like this with Dustin Bufflin by right. everything running out. They, you know, they didn't have to trade a legend because right. he uh, maybe traded himself. He in cut a way. himself. Yeah. Right. But anyways, uh, what's the song, Tommy? So this is the Hex Dolls with a tune called "I Don't Want to Be a New York Ranger." Peace. <laughs>